All right, good morning. Good to see everybody here at our main campus. Welcome to you guys that are joining us online. So just real quick uh, before we get started. So the Unspoken concert, uh, we're going to be doing it here at Life Church. So one of the things that we talked about when we moved down here uh, during uh, the COVID time to be able to make sure that we could stay open is we don't want to just you know, come down here and not have the ability to do more than just a Sunday morning service. So the idea was if we could do concerts or we could do other events in this venue, it gives you an opportunity to invite your friends, right? So the idea was is that you're out and you're doing ministry with or you're in relationship with um, or you're talking to, and they might not normally come to church, but they might come to a concert with you. So the unspoken concert's an opportunity for you to be out there, invite your friends. That's one thing. Another thing is it's a great opportunity to just get together with other people and praise God, worship God, be together, you know, enjoy uh, fellowship with one another. So we'd love for you to be able to come, be a part of it. It'll be a great night uh, together as a church. All right, so we're wrapping up the prayer series, so I'm going to give you uh, a couple things. So one, if you're new, welcome. We're really glad that you guys are here with us today. Don't forget, you know, go to the uh, Welcome Center, the Connect Center when you first come in, uh, you know, fill out a Connect card, pick up a bag. We'd love to get to know you. Uh, don't worry, we won't stalk you or come to your house if you're worried about that. Um, but we'd love, again, to connect with you. Um, but if you are coming at the end of this prayer series, it's important because some of the stuff that I'm going to say today might seem like, well, I don't know that that makes a, a lot of sense. So if you listen to the previous five weeks, right, you can go on our website, uh, you can go on our YouTube channel, and you can listen to the previous five weeks. It will make more sense, and it will be able to put it all together uh, as we look at prayer. Because we're answering this question, does prayer work, right? That's what we've been doing for five weeks. So what I'm going to do today is we're going to talk about does prayer work, right? So we're going to like sum it all up for what we've talked about for the past five weeks. Uh, so does prayer work? Then we're going to talk about our attitude towards prayer. And then I'm going to give you one more thing, right? So one more thing uh, that's going to happen is we're going to look at scripture and I'm going to give you this concept of ways to be able to pray. And another thing that you can take home and, and use that kind of sums up everything that we talked about. Okay. So here's the deal. Does God answer prayer? So this is what we know. The answer is yes, God does answer prayer. But here's the hardest part about it. If your requests are wrong, the answer is no. So that, again, we've talked about, and I know that that seems like, could there ever be a prayer request that's wrong? Right? Well, here's what we know, and we're going to see this in a little bit. If we view God as Father and God knows what's best for us and our request is not best for us, then the answer is no, right? So for all of us, the thing that we have to think about, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't take the request to God. Like that's been a question that's been asked over and over is, is that should I still take requests to God and I'm not sure if it's the right request and I'm not sure that, you know, he's going to want to answer this. It doesn't matter. We've already established take every request to God. The answer just might be no, right? Well, here's the other thing that, that we talked about is, is that if the timing is wrong, right? So this is the other thing that we know is, is that if you pray, make all of your requests to God, but if the timing's wrong, then the answer is slow down or wait. Right? Like that could be the other answer. Slow down or wait. And, and I'm speaking from experience in this one for sure. So 
when I felt like God called me into full-time ministry right when I first got saved, but then I said no because for lots of myriads of reasons. Well, then when I finally got to the place of like, I'll do it, God, none of the doors would open up. And I'm thinking, did I miss, you know, the mark? What, am I not going to be able to do it now? Like, what's going on in my life? Now that I look back 30-some years later, it is a good thing that he did not answer my prayer to be in full-time ministry then, I would have burnt out, failed, and took a lot of people with me. I wasn't mature enough. I didn't understand certain things that I understood. You know, once I finally got to the place where I was in full-time ministry, I had understood a season of things that I needed to be able to move forward. So God, waiting on the Lord is not a bad thing. Right? So if we wait on God, it could be a good thing because it's preparing you for whatever the future is. The other thing that we learned, if you are wrong, okay, because this is the other thing that we talked about, when we pray, we need to be in a position of prayer, right? So it doesn't mean we can't request, doesn't mean we can't do, but one of the things that he talked about is, is that if, like, if you have things going on in your life, you should probably deal with them. Right? Like if you need to forgive someone, if you need to, if you need to take care of some things, like you need to, if you need to change some things inside of you, doesn't mean that God's not going to answer your prayer, but here's going to be the answer. Grow. Like you need some growth. Like there's some things inside of you spiritually that God wants to work on. And so when we put those requests out, it might be, well, I want to work on you in this way as I answer your prayer. Right? Like, like, you need to change some things internally. Like, because sometimes, let's just be honest, is, your, is our heart always where it needs to be? No, right? Are we, could we be at a place where God says, like, listen, we need to work on you a little bit. Like, we'll get to the prayer, we'll get to the road, we'll get down the road, we'll get with you. Don't worry, I, got, I still love you, I'm going to be with you. But there's some things I want to work on with you. Right, that the prayer request brings up. And I think that's important because all of us could do that. And then if you put all of those things together, I mean, if, if the request is, is right, you know, if the timing's right, if you're right, then God's always the same thing. Go, right? The doors are going to be open. God's going to be with you. You're going to be walked down those roads. So don't forget to re ask. Continue to ask, but know that these are the answers that we've talked about. Now, those are a condensed version of what we talked about for five weeks, so you need to be able to go back and understand those completely. But here's the other thing that we learned in the past five weeks. Your view, uh, the way that you pray, right? So if you think about this week, how did you pray? What did you pray about? What you pray about tends to lend itself to what your view of God really is. Does that make sense? So how you pray and what you pray about tends to lend yourself to or is an awareness of your view of God. Because you remember I said one of the struggles is that we only view God as a vending machine. Like the only time that you talk about him, like your view of God is this. I'm good until I'm not. And then when I'm not, as long as I press the right buttons, I can be good again and get what I want. And you want to break the vending machine if you don't get what you want. Right? Like, anybody ever do that? Those vending machines that that thing gets stuck in there and you're just shaking it? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like halfway and you're like, fall, right? But that's sometimes our view of God, right? Like, you want something and you've pressed the button and you think it's coming and it just ain't coming and you're shaking that vending machine until you get what you want. But then your view, how you pray or how you approach it, just shows 
You only view God in the times that you need something, right? Or if we pray, you know, in, in ways that, that are, hey, I, I, I'm coming to you and I'm coming to you because I want some, somebody healed, right? Then you're only viewing God as somebody that can only do the supernatural. Like the only time that we're going to get on our knees and pray is when we want the supernatural to be done, right? Doesn't mean that he doesn't want to do the supernatural, but our view is, is that God only comes about when it comes to the supernatural, right? So here's what we learn. Our view starts with this, right? He is our Father, right? So the way that you should pray is the way that you should talk to or be in relationship with a Father, right? You should be able to talk to Him. You should be able to take your request to Him. You should be able to trust Him, right? I know all of you in here might have had bad experiences with the dad, but not Father God, right? So Father God, you can trust. Father God, you can take your request to. Father God, you can keep knocking on his door. Father God's going to be there, so we should have a view of God the Father. The other thing is this, we should view God as a friend. You should want to be in relationship with him, right? It shouldn't just be that it's Father, right? But it should be as friend. Like, you should want to build a relationship with the one who created you. You should want to talk to, right? It's kind of funny if you think about this. How many times, you know, because I always say this, if, if you're a good friend, you don't just tell somebody about what's going on in your life, but you do what? You ask about what's going on in theirs. Do you ever have a conversation with God like, hey, what's going on in heaven? Like, you ever think about that? Like, hey, I, what's going on up there? Like, what's happening with these people that I love? Can you, can you give me a view? Can you give me a glimpse? Can you show me what's happening up there? God, how, you know, how are things going with all of the angels and the people and the things that are going around? Like, does that seem stupid? Like, I think it's cool. And honestly, in my life, I feel like that's what God has done. He's given me views of what it's like. Hey, what's going on in the spiritual realm? What's happening in places that I can't see? I want to know more about you. I want to understand more about what's going on. I don't want to just be the one, because we all know how those conversations go. You ever sit at a table with somebody, and you, you just know they'd have no care about you at all? They just want to talk about themselves. Nobody ever had those? Like, I feel like those happen a lot. Like, they sit down, and it's like, blah, and it just never stops. And it's never like, what's going on with you? Like, what's happening in your life? What, what can we talk about? What, is these, what are these things like? That, and again, I get it, sometimes that happens, but in a good friendship, it's the give and take, right? You ask, you tell. So in our friendship, like, I would encourage you, ask God what's going on in the heavenly realms. Ask God to give you views of what's happening, right? Like, get a view that it's a two-sided conversation, okay? Here's the other thing. If we're going to get this right, the other thing that we got to do is, is that in our prayer life, you have to understand that he is sovereign and he is in control. When you pray, at the end of the day, we have to land on, yes, he's a father, and yes, he's a friend, but he's also the creator of the universe, right? And he knows what's best for you. That probably is the hardest thing to land on. Because some of us together in this room have prayed for some things that we don't agree with sovereign God on. The outcome? Anybody? Like I prayed for, the outcome was, and it wasn't the outcome that I wanted. 
your view of whether he is sovereign or not will change how you walk out of that situation. Does that make sense? So I don't agree with it, but I'm going to walk in your will instead of walk against your will. That's the difference, right? So you're going to walk into his will, and you're not going to walk out of his will because you agreed with this. Regardless of anything that happens, he's still sovereign and he's still in control, right? And so I have to trust that. So that right there. So those are two big things that that we learned in the first five weeks, that if you put it all together, God does answer prayer, and that the way that we pray, right, shows our view. So when you pray, you should think through, are you praying to a father, are you praying to a friend, and are you praying to the sovereign God who made you and created you and who's in control of your life? Now, here's how we're going to end it up, okay? So if you've got a Bible, turn to Psalms 90. Here's what Psalms 90 does. It teaches you to pray, and again, you can take some notes on it. It teaches you to pray up, right, because this is another bring it all together in Psalms 90 when Moses talks about this. It teaches you to pray up, it teaches you to pray in, and it teaches you to pray out, right? So these are another formula. Like, again, if you're trying to learn how to pray in this Psalms 90, it's a way to give you something to get started with. It doesn't mean you have to follow it, but it's more of this concept to say, we should learn to pray up, right? We should learn to understand that when we pray up, it deepens our relationship with God, Okay, so that's what you're trying to do. When you pray up, it's this conversation, I want to be in deeper relationship with you. I just want to grow as your friend. I want to grow as your son. I want to grow in this relationship. When you pray in, because I think everybody has this inside of their life today. When you pray in, depending on where you're at in your life, it tears walls down that you've put up. Some of you have lots of walls that need to be tore down. Walls cannot be tore down until they're identified. Does that make sense? Like we have through hurt, like some of you have been hurt by other people, so you've put a wall up emotionally so nobody can hurt you again. Some of you have had great loss in your life, and so you've put a wall up to try to keep all emotion out, and you, you really love deep, and you don't know if you can love deep again because loving deep hurt, right? And the situation of loving deep hurt, and so you... You've put a wall up. You've put a wall up because of, you know, what's happened to you in your life. And so praying in tears down walls and lets God get to the deepest parts of who you are. Right? That's the other part of it. Out is this. You expect, this is important, you expect God to change things in your life. You expect for God to change things around you. You expect boldly that when you pray, God hears, God answers, and only through prayer do certain things change. That's praying out, right? And that we would understand that when we pray, if we're not praying out, don't expect things to change, right? That, that we would want to be praying out so that we could see those things change in our lives. So Psalms 90, we're going to break it down. We're going to look at it of how it works. So here's what... Uh, Psalms 90, the first one we're going to look up is pray up, right? Psalms 90, starting in verse 1. 
Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So this is Moses praying. So Moses is writing this psalm, or Moses is, is, is praying through this psalm, and he's talking about this idea that even in all of his journey, so we know the journey of Moses, he had some rough times and some good times, but at the end of the day, he's landing on something that's really important, this, that the dwelling place of the Lord is the most important place to be, right? Being where God is, is more important than what you have to pray about. Does that make sense? Like he's talking about this idea that he's trying to bring it all back to the idea of the Garden of Eden, because here's what we know about the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, God walked and talked with, his, his father, with Adam and Eve, right? It was conversations. Let's walk. Let's talk. It wasn't about, because this is what we get messed up with prayer. We get messed up because most of our interaction is, I have a need. Will you meet my need? Well, in the Garden of Eden, they didn't have any needs. It was just like, you're my friend. You're my father. Let's talk. Let's sit down. Let's have conversation. Let's learn together. Let's be in relationship. That's how it was before sin entered the world. And when Jesus came back, Jesus came back to reunite the same relationship that was in the Garden of Eden, right? Now, you can't eliminate all of sin because that means we still have needs. So we still have needs because there is sin. But it does go back to the original idea. The original idea was, I just want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. And I want to know that my prayer life, that the most important thing is being with you, not necessarily what I get from you. And so he was saying, part of our praying up is for us to recognize that regardless of God ever answering your prayer, that the satisfaction of your soul will be overflowing because you're in his presence. Right? That's what our prayer life should bubble up from. Like our prayer life should make it that this journey, because any of you guys that have lived long enough, this journey isn't easy. And I'm just going to say, and I might get in trouble for this, but there's probably more unanswered prayers than answered prayers. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know God answers prayers, but man, there's been a lot of them that don't seem to get answered. But what I can land on is that I still want to be in the dwelling place of God. I still want to be in his presence. I still want to be at a place where I'm with him in the midst of answering Right? Because when I'm with him, I'm going to celebrate with him, and I'm going to cry with him in both of those places. But the dwelling place is more important than the idea of just the prayer itself. Next one is pray in. Right? So he says that we need to understand this idea of how do we pray in or how do we tear down walls. So here's what he says in verse 3. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. You sweep people away in the sleep of death, and they are like new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by the evening it's dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All of our days pass under the wrath, and we finish our years with a moan. Our days, uh, our days may uh, come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for, the quickly, for they quickly pass and we fly away. 
If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that you are due. <laughs> is that un uplifting? <laughs> I mean, if you really read it and not just skim it, right? I mean, here's what he's saying. It's like if you look around the world and you've lived long enough, people's lives are just, I mean, people that you love, they're passing away. It's kind of like the grass in the morning. It comes up and then it goes and it comes up and it goes and you just, the longer you live, the more people that you lose and the longer that you live, the more that you look around the world and you're like, oh my gosh, it is rough, right? Like the world and life is rough. Now, I know for some of us, some of us, you know, this, this could be a part of your life. So we know that you can try to insulate yourself from the things of the world, right? I mean, we do it, right? You consume yourself with things that will keep you preoccupied and not have to really figure out what's going on. You know what I mean? If you stay busy enough, this is what we all know. If you stay busy enough, if you, if you stay consumed enough, if you, if you think about all of these other things, you tend not to be able to get a view of what's really going on in the world. Right? And so you can insulate yourself for so long. Right? You can take yourself out of the hurts of the world. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If you, as a Christian person, have truly stepped into the game and you are fighting the battle, you cannot be insulated. You can't. I mean, I've heard this from people like, I was kind of out of the game for a while, now I'm back in the game. You know, I was out of the game for a while, and I'm kind of doing my own thing, and now I'm back in the game. And when I was out of the game, I didn't necessarily, like, life was hard. But now that I'm back in the game, life is really hard. Right, because you know what you add to? Here's what we know about the world. The world is a fallen place, and there are bad things happening. Right? Like, we just know that. Like, we live in a fallen world. Like, that, there's sin, there's death, there's disease, there's, like, there's just things that you're going to look around. There's injustice. Like, life isn't fair. Like, you just look around. Like, those things are there, but you can try to insulate yourself from those things. But as soon as you get to the place where you say, you know what, I'm in the battle. Give me my sword. Give me my armor. I'm going to fight the enemy. Not only do you now live in a fallen world, you have an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. <laughs> And things change quickly, right? Things change around you. The, the, the intensity of the attacks, you know, come out. And we have to figure out, so how do you deal with that? This is what he's talking about. How do we deal with that in our prayer life? Well, here's something that's interesting. So this week, now for anybody that knows me, if you don't know me, I'm just going to tell you. Like, anybody that tries to get on my social media and figure out who I am, like, I'm not really on social media other than just to kind of scroll through things. So I'm not a big social media guy, right? Uh, huh? Yeah. But here's something I did figure out this week. So I'm, so I'm looking at all of these, like, social media things, and I'm reading about it because of church and some things that we're trying to do with our social media. And I came across this thing called Be Real. So the people that are laughing are the people that have it? Is that what that means? Does anybody my age have be real? Okay, probably not. I do now. And here's the funny thing about be real. I knew this would happen. I can't even find it. There it is. Because <laughs> this is how it works. 
But you know, this is what they say. So I mean, I don't, I don't know a lot about this, but this is what they say. So the idea of be real was social media was fake, you know, essentially. Like you could put on whatever you want and you could make it whatever you want. But the idea of be real is that it's actually really where you are and really what you're doing. And I mean, people still probably fake it, right? But the end of the day is, is that it comes one time a day. You know, if any of you guys that know this, I'm just what I read. It comes one time a day, and then you get to put this on there, and peop, you have people that are following you, unless you post, right? You can't see them, right? But if you post, you can see other people's things. But anyway, be real. So I'm going to see if it works. Okay, are you ready? This is the way it works, right? You just take the picture. Oh, don't move. Well, that's ugly. Well, that's terrible. You see your ugly face and what's going on? Anyway, I don't know what to do with it, but here's the point. I'll figure out that part later. Here's the point, right? You have to figure out in your life how to be real, right? Like the, the idea that we have to get to a place that we can go to God and we can be real. Okay, so take a funny moment and make it try to be really serious now. How many times, and you have to be okay with this, it's okay to go to God and say, you know what? It's not Jesus' return, it's just the lights. Are you going? Am I going? No. So we have to be at a place where we can say, you know what, right now, because I'll just be honest with you. I'm probably not going to tell anybody, and I know this is against what you're supposed to do so all the counselors can talk to me afterwards, I'm probably not going to tell anybody that I'm not okay, but I am going to tell him, right? Now, I know I should, like I get all of that, I know you should tell other people that you're not okay for, but today, I'm okay telling him I'm not okay, and I know he's the one above anybody else, because everybody else can help. I understand all of that. But at the end of the day, I know that he is the one who can change things for me. And so I can be real with him and just say, you know what, I'm not okay, right? These situations, like, I get it. I mean, it's not hiding my feelings, so I'm just expressing my feelings to the one I think that can change things, right? So I do go, and you can do that in multiple different ways, whether it's just through your prayer life, like just writing down, I'm not okay. These are the things. And I know for me as a man, this was freeing for me because I don't really want to tell anybody else that you're not okay. Like you're just like, how you doing? Somewhere in the middle, right? I'm somewhere in the middle, right? So when I then can have a space where I can just say, you know what? I can put my journal. I can write it on a card. I can do whatever. I'm just not okay. This is why I'm not okay. And I'm trusting you to walk with me in the not okay moments of my life. I'm trusting that you're going to be the one who's going to be with me when things aren't okay. And I think for, for you guys who are, are, are struggling with some of these things, I think this is important. If, if you're a, a young woman, like being able to tear down some of the walls, like so young women struggling today with identity, like I still think that that's a thing. Like part of the identity crisis that's happening, you know, especially with young ladies and everything that's social. It's okay to say to God, like I'm struggling with my identity. I'm struggling to be okay. I'm struggling to not be depressed. I'm struggling to find my purpose. I'm struggling to find my way. Like it's good because all of a sudden you can let down some walls to the person who can heal your heart. 
for the person who can give you the identity that you need. You can go to the person who can, who can change those things of sorrow inside of you and can change your heart in a way that will, will make a difference for long term. So we have to be real to a place where it says, I'm not okay. That's what he's talking about. The world today is not good. That's what he was trying to say. People are dying like all the people for Moses in the wilderness, like we're not going anywhere. We're just wandering around and people are dying, right? That's what he was trying to say. I'm just looking around to all these people who are my friends who aren't going to enter into the promised land. They're just dying. I'm just going to be real. This is where I'm at today. And I think you'll be amazed if you do this. If in your prayer life you pray in and you let your walls down, I think you'll be surprised what God will do to your heart or what God will do with your heart, right? I think he'll heal some places, give you comfort in some places that you would never be able to get outside of just being real with God, okay? Here's the other one, the next one. So we not only need to be real, we need to pray up, we need to pray in, we also need to pray out. Here's what it says in verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on our servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Make us glad for uh, as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as you have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants. May your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us for us, yes, establish the work of our hands. So pray out. Here's the first thing that we're going to ask you. What in the past six months, the past two months, have you prayed boldly about? I want you to think about this. What is it that you have asked God boldly for that if he does not intervene, this thing isn't going to change? Like we need God to intervene. What is that bold prayer? Because part of praying out is to pray in a way, to ask God in a way, to do things that without him would be completely possible. And see, I think sometimes we, we, we make our prayer life just down to this, what we think he can accomplish, and we just want to bring him in because we don't want to get out there too far. Anybody? You especially don't want to tell people you're out there that far. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to say, like, I'm praying for this because there's this big worry that people are going to be like, you're praying for what? You know, and, and or this idea that you're praying boldly for this thing to happen, and if it doesn't, then people are going to be like, oh, wow, you know, God's less. Listen, God's less because you dream less. God's less because we're not bold enough. God wants to work through the boldness of your life, not sitting back being reserved. Like, I don't think God's back there saying, I'm so thankful for all of my reserved Christians who really ask me for nothing that will change the world. I think he's saying, like, boldly come to me, ask boldly, and expect change, right? That, that we need to, to be bold. Here's the other thing. He says you need to number your days. If you want to pray out, you should probably number your days. Now, this is a, a kind of a funny subject because I say all the time, like, you know, never know. We, in fact, we just had this conversation somewhere about uh, when, when we leave somewhere, you give people a hug and you give them a kiss and you just say, like, listen, in case I never see you again, right? Like, in case I never see you again. And people are like, why do you say that? Here's why. Here's what I know. I know life is short, 
right? And the days are numbered. I know that. I've experienced that. I've experienced wanting to be able to say something that I never said, right? Like, I know what that's like to wish that you could say something to somebody who is now gone and having the opportunity to say it. So you want to say all those things, but here's the other thing. This is all I know. I have a very brief time on this earth, and I will do everything in my power to bring you with me to the kingdom of heaven. That's why I number my days. Because I know that the only thing that I can change on this earth that's going to matter for eternity is that we're together. So I will think through every day that I wake up that I know this. There are people that I love that aren't going to spend eternity in heaven. I know that. And so I'm not going to waste a day. I'm not going to waste a day. I'm going to do everything in my power. It's not this morbid, like, I'm going to die. Like, you're all going to die. I mean, that's not morbid to say you're going to be dying. I mean, just accept the facts. Like, you're dying. Every day that you wake up, you get one day less and one day less and one day less. The bigger question is, because you have one day less, what are you doing with today? What are you doing with today that will make a difference for eternity? Because that is what you're going to celebrate someday. You're going to celebrate someday when you're standing in the gates of heaven and you're waiting for those people and you're like, it's so good to see you. I'm glad that the small amount of things that we did on this earth made a difference and I can see you again someday. Like that's all that's going to matter, right? Yeah, that's all that's going to matter. So he tells us, if you're going to pray out, number your days because numbering your days will make it possible for you to understand the purpose of life. The other thing that he says is look for Jesus' return. Right? That, that's the other part of what he says. Moses is like, hey, when are you coming back? Because this, like the misery of the land and the things that are happening, like we're, we're looking for his return. Because here's the other thing is when you look for Jesus' return, because I know that if, if you don't want Jesus to come back, it's for one of two reasons. You love life too much, right? Or you have a lot more work to do, right? It's one of those two things. So I'm hoping that we can get to the place where you can love life, but don't love it more than going home, right? Like love life, enjoy life for what it is, but know that being home is better than being here, right? Love while you're here, but don't like try to put it off because like, that's way better than this anyway. So, so we want those things to be able to come. And the other thing is, it's fine that, that if we don't want Jesus' return because we got, we got some friends. You got some friends today you need to talk to. You got some kids that you need to have a conversation with. You got some time that you need to spend on your knees because you know if you return today, there's going to be somebody missing. Right? And if somebody's missing and you're looking for the Lord's return, then we got a lot of work to be able to do. The other thing that he says inside of this, when you're praying out, he's saying, can you satisfy those appetites in my soul that can't be satisfied by the things of the world? You see, you know how we get in trouble? Like, this is how we get in trouble. We have appetites that we try to satisfy with money. We have appetites that we try to satisfy with entertainment. We have appetites that we try to satisfy with phones. We have appetites that we try to satisfy with growing businesses. We have appetites. That we, and, and you know what you've realized? Probably the same thing I have. You can't satisfy any of them. 
You can say, like, I don't want to be consumed by money. Well, just saying I don't want to be consumed by money and not have that appetite doesn't work. Something else has to satisfy your soul. Right? You can't just say that I don't want this to be, like, I don't want relationships to consume me. I don't want business to consume me. I don't want this to consume me. You can say all of those things, but if there isn't a satisfaction of the soul at a deeper level, you'll try really hard and then it will just come back again. Amen to anybody that's tried really hard to not be consumed by certain things, but you never fill it with something else. Yeah, that's just the way it works. So he's praying, like, satisfy, you know, my soul in those. The other thing is, he says, when you're praying out, here's what, he, here's what he's given you. So in the beginning, here's what we know, all created in the image of God. So you're an image bearer. That's what it says. Yeah. So in the, it says in the beginning, when God created mankind, he created it that you're in his image. So you know what's so cool about that? So what's neat about that is, is so when I, if I was a non-believer, this is what's cool, and I meet Cameron, I have now met God in the flesh. Isn't that cool? Like, I have met, like, if I'm searching for something, I can search for that thing and it's it's so invisible but all of a sudden if the works of God are done through the people of God a world who is searching for an invisible God say he's visible and he's visible because of your works right God's works shown through his people will make an invisible God visible to a world crying out for hope right so pray boldly that God tells you to do things that his presence will be revealed through you. That's how you see it. It's not only everyday life, right? It's not just everyday life we should, hey, that's everything I do is a reflection of God. Ask God to tell you to do things that the world's going to say, I can only be God. Because in an invisible world can see, you know, or in a world where we think God's invisible, we can become visible through each one of us. Here's the uh, next thing is that here's what I hope that you'll pray for yourself today and you'll pray for the people around you. Let God's favor fall. Right? Let God's favor fall on his people. What does that mean? Because some of you are like, favor? Like, when, you, when we pull all of this together, right? So when, when we get to the place where you pull all of this together, Here's what we're knowing. Here's what we know. You will be on one side or the other. You have a choice to be on one team or the other. When you choose to be a part of God's team, when you choose to be a part of the things that God is doing, the things that now you're opening yourself up to by going down these roads is, is the favor of God. Not that your life is going to be perfect, not that you're going to get everything that you want, but it's going to be this presence of God, the favor of God walking with you, that there's something that happens inside of you that you can't get anywhere else, right? You're going to see things falling into place in your life, whether it's the things that you've prayed for or just emotionally things that have never been right. Pieces are going to start to click together. Things are going to start to come together. A piece that surpasses all understanding is going to come together. You're going to have things that, that were fractured before you're going to be able to see come together. Does that make sense? So pray up to build your relationship. Pray in to tear down your walls. 
okay? Up for relationship, in to tear those walls down. Admit where you have walls built up. Let him do, let him do the work and pray out for God to boldly change everything, okay? Now, the worship team's going to come back up. A little bit of different uh, time here because we're going to be taking communion together. But as the worship team comes back up, I want to give you what we're going to do, okay? So we're going to try some things differently today um, to kind of the end of this series because just so you know, this is one of the things that we pray about all the time. So you know the whole number of your days, like that's the thing that for me I think about a lot that I don't know that I get another chance to stand on this stage. You know, that day's coming. You know, there's going to be a day that there's going to be an expectation for me to be here, and I'm not going to be here. I know that that day's coming. I know that that moment's coming. I don't fear that moment coming, but I never want to walk away from an opportunity to do something that God has called me to do present something that God has called me to present and wish that I would have done it. So here's, here's the thing that we have talked, we talked about it for all, you know, I don't know how many years we're going on here as, as a church, but we've talked about it for a long time. We never want somebody to walk away without the opportunity of getting saved. Now, the thing that's been interesting at the, the, on, uh, the start of Life Church, we've never really done, you know, if, you, if you're a church person, if you're a non-church person, you know, just like, you don't have to think about this, but one of the things that you see a lot of times in churches is altar calls, right? And it's this idea that, hey, you know, if you want to give your life to Christ, stand up, come to the altar, close your eyes, bow your head, say a prayer, and, you know, you're good, right? So we've always battled back and forth. Should we do that every week? What does that look like? And so we just don't. Like, we don't do it every week. We do pray, and we do hope that there are people that are making decisions to take another step closer to Jesus Meaning, if you are somebody who is not saved, we're praying that you're taking that step, finding the right things that you need. But every once in a while, we do. We say, you know what? We want, we want to take an opportunity to pray with you. So here's what we're going to do. So we want response in this response time, because we're going to take communion, so you're going to have a time to, to, to think, to process, to pray. So if you're out there today, and you want prayed for for anything, okay? So this isn't just for salvation, but if you want prayer for anything, prayer for healing, prayer over your life, prayer over your marriage, prayer over anything that you want, at each one of the communion stations will be somebody from our prayer team, okay? So they'll be off to the side, so you don't have to wait in line, so just to make sure we understand this, you don't have to wait in line to go up to the prayer people, you just have to wait in line for communion, but you can go up, you can be prayed for, prayed over, prayed with by our prayer team, so we'd love for you to take advantage of this. We've been loving, we've been praying over you throughout this whole series, honestly, throughout this whole year, but if you want specific prayer, marriage, kids, family, salvation, the prayer team will be, you know, people at the front, people in the back to be able to pray over you. We hope you'll take advantage of that. Here's the other thing. you got a card on the way in. On that card, here's how we want to end this series. We want to end this series with your bold prayers right? We want you to write on there, this is my prayer, right? This is what I'm boldly praying for. This is what I'm boldly praying about. And during this time of reflection, we want you to write something on there, right? And, and the bold prayer could just be, I'm praying for the salvation of my son whose name is 
right? It could be as bold as saying like, you know, I want to see my, you know, this many people come to church. I want to see this happen in my small group. I want to see this happen in, in my marriage. I want this transformed. Whatever those things are, we want you to write it down. And then when you come up to take communion, whether it's in the back or whether it's in the front, there'll be a basket. You can just drop it in there and that, that we'll be taking those and collecting those and having an opportunity to be praying about those from now until the first of the year, right? We'll be specifically praying over those things. And here's what we'd love for you to do, because here's the other part of it. Whatever you're boldly praying for, if you get an answer to prayer, can you let us know? Because that's the other thing, right? We want to know that we prayed for and God answered prayers because he's a living God who changes things, right? And that's the whole emphasis of this prayer series is God is a God who answers prayer. God is a God who hears you and God is a God who wants to change things in your life. Will you stand? No, don't stand. Sorry. Too much routine. I will pray, you guys process, take a time of reflection, then when the communion table's open, you can come up, be prayed for in the back or the front, take communion, drop off your prayer stuff. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you that we can, uh, again, fellowship together in this idea of what it looks like to pray up to you. We love being in relationship with you. Lord, I pray today that some walls are tore down because we just admit that we're broken. We're going to be real with you. Like, we're going to be real with um, our lives and the, and the things that are going on and we're going to let you into places that we have barred shut in the past Lord we pray boldly that we remember that our days are numbered that our opportunities each day might slip away Lord let us never go another day without understanding like we got a chance let, our, let the work of your hands be shown through our life let us be a beacon of light into a dark world and most of all, Lord, may you get the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.